Alrighty, so we'll go ahead. If you would turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. We barely touched the surface on chapter 10 last week. Um, I think really we only got through, well, we might have got verse 2 as well, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So real quick, the first verse, you know, was talking about the dead fly ordeal and and the oil, perfume oil, and how that can kind of make a stinky mess and mess things up and I thought that was kind of a pretty good uh, saying, if you will. There, Yeah, we need to make sure we're not the stinky fly, right? I think that was what we concluded from verse 1, that the stinky fly can be a stinky fly or it can be us. Um, we just need to make sure it's, it's not us and we're not uh, the one that's uh, a fly in the ointment, so to speak, that spoils the occasion. And that we're doing what we can to be just opposite. And then we touched on verse 2, where it says, A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. And we talked about a few analogies of the right hand and the left hand and the significance of that all through the Bible. And even today, you know, in our times, how people refer to the right and to the left, and the right being the right and left being typically the wrong or, you know, not the side you want to be on. So now we'll jump on down. Does anybody want to add or say anything before we get started? Anything that we talked about last week or anything else to add? Well, let's read verse 3 then. Verse 3 says, Even when a fool walks along the way, he lacks wisdom, and he shows everyone that he is a fool. That's pretty easy to understand, right? What is that saying? Now remember, you're talking about a fool here. A fool walking down the street, okay, or walking along the way, I say down the street, or just carrying about his daily business, okay? Don't really have to be a street, I wouldn't think, but just the way he carries himself among, you know, others or himself. Uh, But he lacks wisdom. He's a fool. And he shows everyone that he is a fool. What do they mean by that? What does that mean? kind of say yeah and there's people that don't even have to say a word and act like a fool and then you know they're yeah just show up Mike yeah kind of like what Mike was saying in his own mind he, he may not realize it but others can see it and others can know it and you're you're absolutely right as we go through this chapter example after example that we're going to see tonight of the same exact thing and it almost to me it's like, two, having the knowledge, but don't know how to use it. You know what I mean? That's wisdom, right? Knowing, having the knowledge and then understanding how and when to use that knowledge is wisdom. But, you know, to that point. Uh, Karen and then Jeff. No, that's a good point. I saw something else this week about that as far as the college education Hiring somebody with a college education versus somebody that's got common sense. Not that the college education don't have common sense, but if you're looking at both, you know, common sense is going to take you a lot further than book smarts if you don't know how to apply it. Jeff? Yep, I agree. And like Jim said, this is just one example here, kind of setting the stage as we go through this, That, and that's all right, and that's everything that I, I thought of too, that... You know, I know people, even at work, 
they're intelligent people. But the way they come across and the way they relay stuff or talk to you or something, they almost seem like a fool. The foolish the way they carry themselves or the way they say stuff. But you know they're smart and they're intelligent, but they, you know, it's how you use what you know, right? So the knowledge that you have, you know, there's a certain way that you need to (laughs) present that to people, right, Uh, that you're around. Good comment. Anything else? All right, let's keep on trucking. Uh, Verse 4. If the spirit of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. For conciliation pacifies great offenses. Okay, if the spirit of the ruler arises against you, do not leave your post. And this automatically, for me, almost looks like a military statement to me or, or, or phrase. If, every time I say leave your post or don't leave your post, you automatically think of the military because that's what you're taught in the military. You don't leave your post. If you're told to stand at that door and guard us on the other side of that door and don't leave your post, you don't leave your post, right? If you leave your post, you get in trouble. So to me, that's almost saying, you know, if the spirit of the ruler, but so how does this apply to us today? Who, who could be the, a ruler for us today in kind of a sense, I guess? Maybe not the military, but could you think of maybe where you work, maybe? Like if you work for somebody and they tell you to do something or you have a specific job to do or something you're expected to do, you need to do that. You need to stay where you're at and do your job and, you know, and don't leave your post. But the part that really kind of comes into play is the second part here. Um, and this one says, for conciliation pacifies great offenses. Well, I looked up in the NIV, and I like the way it kind of, to me, it says calmness can lay great offenses to rest. Does that make more sense? If, to me, that makes more sense if you read it that way. You don't really get it the other way. I mean, you, you do, but you kind of. But when you see calmness can lay down great offenses to rest. So, yep, Mike, go ahead. And, and I think, too, as, as far as, you know, look, if you're doing your job, you, we're, we're all going to have bosses that are like the military. They're going to get up in your face and yell and shout and do this, do that, uh, you know, whatever. The way I take this is, okay, it's going to happen. Stay calm. Don't show out and cut out. Use the wisdom that you have and the knowledge you have. Don't stoop to his level or their level and go along with their little whatever and get all in an uproar and, and start shouting or yelling or get in that situation you know you need to stay calm use your wisdom and 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 you'll get through that you know uh the new king james says spirit and i think we've all seen that or been there right if you get caught up in a shouting match a lot of things are going to happen none of it's good you're going to say things you wish you hadn't said you ain't going to remember half the things you said which neither of them are good. And you're just like Jeff said, you're just fueling the fire. You're never going to come to a logical or a good conclusion or, or, you know, come to an agreeance on something. But if you stay calm, talk to that person in a normal voice, like Jeff said, 
I guarantee you they're going to start coming down. They're going to start realizing they're the ones doing all the yelling and shouting, and you're going to bring them down to where y'all can have a normal conversation like adults, and you can figure things out. But as long as you're shouting at each other, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Pride's going to get in the way. There's a lot of things that are going to get in the way when you're getting a shouting match with somebody. So the best thing is do the, do the, the big thing and stay calm, Janice. Oh, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that out because while you're sitting there yelling at somebody, bad things can be happening all around you, but you're not paying attention or, or whatever. You're too engaged in your little you know, dispute over here. So, yeah, leaving your post. And you've got to respect that, too. If you approach somebody, sticking with the military term, that's standing in their post, and you come up to them trying to frazzle them or whatever, get them to do something different, and they stand firm, they're wise, they know their job, they know what they're supposed to be do. you've got to respect that. You know what? They're being a lot of good things are standing there. If you get somebody that wavers and starts spatting back and going off and doing whatever, then, you know, that, that shows you what kind of person that is. But you respect the person that will hold their post and do what's right, no matter what, during all circumstances, you know, that keeps her calm or stays cool, stay calm, and get the job done. So that's a great verse because I think we can sit here all night and use different analogies and different ways you could, you could see that, you know, uh, playing in effect. So good stuff. All right, let's keep on going. Where are we at? Verse 5. <clears throat> there, is an evil, there is an evil I have seen under the sun as an error, error <laughs> proceeding from the ruler. Um, folly is set in great dignity while the rich sit in a lowly place. I'm going to read 7. I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. Okay, what do you think this is? kind of referring to or the road it's going down where it says there's an evil I have seen under the sun and remember that's we got to remember this is under the sun thinking do what Mike that's here that's right under the sun okay an error proceeding from the ruler okay I think to understand what that's saying you got to read what's below it but go ahead Jim I think yeah and I agree, and that's what I think, and we talked about that last week a little bit. A lot of people confuse wisdom with money or riches. A lot of times we think the man with the most money or the richest person has the power and the wisdom. That's not correct. You know, he may have, a lot of people buy their way into certain positions and titles or good old boy or whatever. That don't mean they're the wisest person or the person that needs to be there. Just like Jim says, you know, you can be the richest man there is and be a fool, you know. Just because you have a lot of money, you know, I guess there's can be exceptions, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not saying that's a blanket statement. If you're rich, you're a fool. Don't get that. But I think you see what I'm saying, uh, you know, just because you're a rich man. Yeah. Yeah, and Jim, that's kind of where the path he went down just a little bit ago that just like you just said, just because you're wealthy or well-known or whatever, that don't mean you're smart. There's people living with much, much less and lesser means and down here that are a whole lot smarter, you know. So it's a good point. That's right. It's like that song now, what, or 
I guess it may be a saying, but there's a song out now, the, first, the last will be first and the first will be last. Kind of like what you're saying, you know, that's, that's true. Good points, good comments. Yeah, we don't have time to get into verse 8 tonight, so. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, I know. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read it, and then, Jim, you start us off, and then I'll say anything you don't say, if I have anything. All right. He who digs a pit will fall into it. See, I can't even read it now thinking about YouTube. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and whoever breaks through a wall will be bitten by a serpent. <laughs> he who quarries stones may be hurt by them, and he who splits wood may be endangered by it. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. All right, Jim. <laughs> I used to see a guy go, or cut a tree down and it falls on you type deal. I think, too, it goes back to what we said a minute ago about the knowledge and the wisdom. Having the knowledge is one thing, but then the wisdom to do it the right way, how you use that knowledge, okay? And like Jim was saying, it I made me think of the other day of a show. I think it still comes on. These guys that build these barns, no, they take down these old barns and they'll take the wood and number it and then they'll rebuild it somewhere else. And that's the big thing that they do and they learn and they'll tell you the, big, the number one thing they've learned over the years, don't stick your hand somewhere that you don't know what it is because you'll get bit by a snake. You go in these old barns and these old houses and take this old wood down, you're looking for these snakes constantly because they're curled up waiting for you somewhere to stick your hand or your foot or whatever. And if you're not careful they're gonna they're gonna bite you so yeah that's exactly you know how i took this and you know we, we all do these things and they're all logical things but it's just how you go about it uh the correct way yeah you know how to do it but do it the right way use your head you know don't 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 be foolish that's where the wisdom the wisdom part comes into all of this that's right and and i like Okay, you like to apply it to us today. Yeah, you're right. How can how does this apply to us? Like Mike said, that's a good point. You know, we gain our wisdom from the Bible, right? And we can learn from what we're reading here tonight and talking about it, and that increases our knowledge and our wisdom, you know? So, oh, I'd much rather have the wisdom of God than any under-the-sun wisdom that you could throw at me. It's always going to work way, way better. Uh, in the end. What about the verse that says, if an axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. I think that's a pretty good analogy too. You know, if you think about it, some poor guy cutting down a tree with a dull axe, you know, is it better for him to keep chopping at that tree with a dull axe or is it better for him to sit down, stop for 10 minutes lose that 10 minutes of production and sharpen his axe and then go back to cutting the tree down, you know. I think they would say, too, if you're going to cut your foot or get cut with that axe, it's better to get cut with a sharp edge than a blunt axe, too. So, you know, if you're going to cut yourself and get hurt, it's better to be sharp, you know. So cleaner cut, that's right. You can sew toe back on better, so. 
But no, I think I thought that was much. That's where the wisdom again comes in. You know, the guy that sits out there with a the dull axe. The wise thing is to stop, sharpen your axe, and then cut the tree down. He's going to be happier. He's not going to be near as tired when he's done. Uh, things are just going to work out better for him. So, yeah, I love these verses too. They're so <laughs> funny, but they're so practical too. Stuff that we can talk about and see today. Jeff? Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. And kind of makes me think too, like in our jobs today, you can know your job a little bit and know enough to get by. How good would it, would it to be sharp at your job? You know your job and you're efficient and you can do it better than anybody else. One, you're going to get the job done a lot quicker and better. And think of the confidence that will give you too. You know, it's going to make you a better person because you're going to feel better about yourself, you know. And you're going to learn, like you said, the fighting back and forth. That's what I always try to think about too. What did you learn for next time? That's the whole thing to me, knowledge and wisdom Take what you learn and remember it, and that's what makes you wise for the next time that that happens. You're going to be able to, to handle that situation a lot better. You know? All right, verse 11. I think this one's going to be kind of to the point and pretty, pretty, uh, pretty easy to understand as well. But Verse 11 says, A serpent may bite when it is not charmed. The babbler is no different. What in the world does that mean? A serpent may bite when it is not charmed, and the babbler is no different. Or if the serpent bites before being charmed, there is no profit for the charmer. That's another. Okay. She's saying like a, a person that's just talking to be talking or talking to just hear themselves talk pretty much. It's like a wild animal can hurt people. No, that's true. Words can hurt. That's true. That's true. Did you have your hand up, Jim? Go ahead. Yep, because if you're a snake charmer, that's what you do. You charm snakes, and that's exactly right. You, if you don't do it, you've missed opportunity, or you have a talent or a skill that you don't use. What good is it if you don't use it or practice it? It's just like this. You're going to get bit, you know? If you, if you have a skill or a talent and don't use it, um, Again, I keep going back to the knowledge and the wisdom thing. You may have the knowledge of something, but if you don't have the wisdom to put it in practice, then, then really what good is it? It's really not, no, no good, right? No good at all. And I was thinking too, Scott, I'm going to use you a little bit. But it, it made me think though, like, and for whatever reason, Scott popped in my head and I was thinking about it because he's a mechanic. And this can be true for a lot of different things, but... Scott went to school to be a mechanic. I know that. He's read books. I'm sure he's watched videos, whatever. But just because he's read books and magazines and YouTube videos or whatever, does that mean that he is a A-plus mechanic? If you've never picked a wrench up, but you've seen all the videos and you've read all the books, what kind of mechanic is that going to make you? Probably not a very good mechanic. It's probably a good start for a mechanic, but until he actually picks up a wrench and starts using them, that knowledge is going to grow. He's going to become more wiser and wiser, and he's going to learn the tricks and the shortcuts and how to do things more efficient, right? 
And then he's going to be able to teach other people how to be a mechanic. You know, you, you, your wisdom, you can share with the new mechanic that's coming in. Say, hey, buddy, don't do that. Do it this way, and you'll save an hour or whatever. You know, to me, that's kind of what this kind of is, is talking about in a way that you can kind of look at it, you know. You know how to do something, but if you've never done it, you know, how efficient are you really going to be? But over time, you're going to get better and better. Flo. All right, anything else on this first before we, yeah, we're going to keep going. All right, let's see how far we can keep going here. Uh, we're going to start verse 12. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. Again, that's pretty easy to understand, right? I mean, nothing really there to out. The words of his mouth begin with foolishness, and the end of his talk is raving madness. Again, I think we've talked about that verse tonight, too. I mean, you know, we can keep on and on on that. A fool also multiply words. Have we talked about that tonight, too? The fool that's going to sit there and argue with a fence post. You know, you're just going to keep on and keep on and keep on. Words, words. No man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will be after him? The labor of fools wearies them, uh, for they do not even know how to go to the city. So, like I said, we've talked about is there anything in there that kind of jumps out to anybody that, yeah, that's it. And then a lot of times, too, again, it goes both ways to the wise and to the fool. A lot of times, it, you know, it applies to both. You know, it can apply to both. Yeah, and it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. You're dealing with a fool. And you can sit there and talk and talk and talk to your blue in the face or stoop to his level. But to, like Jeff said, where, where, where's that going to get you, you know? You're going to end up being at his level before it's over with. That's what's going to happen. So, good comment. All righty, we're going to stop there, folks. We'll pick up with, um, what, verse 16 next week. Thank you.